Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. We just crawled out of the Sarlacc pit, and we're here to talk Mandalorian Season 2 on In the Can, part of the Barmer Podcast Network. Wait a minute, is that Bill Burr? Safety deemed such destruction. You must reunite it with its own kind. Where? This you must determine. The songs of eons past tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi. You expect me to search the galaxy and deliver this creature to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way. You know this is no place for a child. This is the way. Uh, we've been told that the child is safe in the Mandalorian's arms. And I'm joined now by my colleague, Mitch, uh, the scruffiest nerf herder that I know. Um, I don't know if you actually like this this show or not, but I need your opinion right now generally on season two. Dank Farrick. Uh, you know, it was a uh, it was a fun ride. It was, you know, uh, endings and spoiler alerts aside, um, you can't deny that it was an entertaining uh, season to watch. Uh, you know, some, some new things, some old things from Star Wars, but I, uh, I was entertained. I mean, is it, do you like the season more than season one? Would you say overall? No, no. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I liked season one. I liked the way that it was going, that it was, and, and you know, I'm, I'm trying to avoid, you know, my, I guess my issues with the finale, with, with some of the, uh, the second season, but I liked that it was just so open. I liked the idea of a, outer rim you know understanding that baby yoda is you know tied to the the greater uh star wars universe but you know that it was a little bit more distant and uh i think season two is when we found that maybe the star wars universe as as expansive as it is 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 really not uh as expansive as we'd like it to be yeah you just hit on kind of an issue is that is is star wars actually a little bit watched i mean is it is it not as expansive as the purchasers a Disney overlords thought it was when they first paid like a billion dollars for it, actually like 10 to $20 billion, I think, or something like that. And when they bought it from George Lucas in 2012 and thought they'd established this whole new world, they got Marvel. Um, they've got all these different properties and they're like, we're going to build this whole universe out of this shit. Um, and you know, really we just keep going back to Luke Skywalker. Man. Like <laughs> we just get, we can't get out of Luke Skywalker shadow um, or yeah. aliens that look exactly like Yoda. And I believe you mean Grogu when you say baby Yoda, by the way, he, he shall be known as the first of his name on this podcast. Uh, the kid Grogu, the child, you know, how okay. or uh, it as, as uh, you know, at one point uh, Mando refers to him. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's no longer an expanded universe, right? Uh, technically. And uh, it seems uh, metaphorically, maybe uh, it just seems to contract some, which, uh, which is fine. But no, I, I mean, I like the first season just cause it was, it was so wide open, you know, season two, it's cool to see some familiar faces. Uh, but I err on the side of, you know, maybe not. So, so seeing some familiar, familiar faces that I've Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. The, the last episode, do you know the name of the rebel drop trooper without looking right now? 
Cara Dune. Character. You got Dune. That's yeah. right. That's right. I thought I was going to get you with that. But, I mean, my point is, is like, I mean, you, you're an original trilogy guy. Like, you're a big Star Wars fan. That's one of the things that we talk about a lot in pop culture. Uh, and and you saw the, the prequels as well. You kind of are in that age where you came up and saw those as well. But the original trilogy is kind of your shit. You, you have not really, you've watched some of Clone Wars, the animated show. I don't think you've seen any of Rebels. Is that right? Mm, no. So you're like, a, you're, I say you're like most, most Star Wars fans, probably. Not a super fan in terms of like consuming everything. And I mean, there's now the like books and comics that are all canon that like tell all the stuff that all the fanboys wanted to see in all the movies. And I don't read any of that, you know, and I've seen Clone Wars. I've seen some of Rebels, but not even the whole thing. Um, but there's important, sh as it turns out, there's like really important shit in all those things that like, I guess I need to go watch so I can fully grasp what else is going on if I intend to like be a part of this universe. But now they've essentially like wrote me in on like all this content that maybe I don't care as much about. I mean, I do like it's Star Wars, but like it's not for me, right? Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. Are kidding. And that that's hard, right? Because I am a Star Wars fan. I've always considered myself a Star Wars fan. But where do you draw the line? You know, I mean, I, I think I, I probably will continue to watch all of the live action shows that are coming out. I know there's like the Bad Squad, you know, uh, ah Ahsoka's getting her own show, Obi-Wan, obviously. But yeah, I'm not reading comics, you know, even video games that are starting to become canon now. And that's the issue, right, is that they're they're canonizing that that word is so loaded. Whereas when you see Marvel, you know, well, there's 12 different Spider-Mans in different universes. So you just sort of you're along for the ride. We're here, you know, you know, Darksaber, Mandalore, uh, you know, going into Rebels and then some of the later uh, you know, books and, yeah. and comics. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's. Uh, I want to be able to consume it all. I just, I know that I can't. And, and it feels like I'm sort of being left out. You know, you're sitting in the theater and you can't look at someone next to you and say, oh, I get that reference. You know, maybe it doesn't make all the difference in the world. But, uh, you know, there are tiny references throughout already, you know, from uh, Rogue One to Solo that if you aren't as familiar with Clone Wars and Rebels and maybe some other items, you, you sort of miss out on. And that's upsetting for, you know, someone who's always considered himself a Star Wars fan. Yeah, it could be kind of alienating. I mean, as we get older and we get less time, we develop time to our careers and families and stuff. I mean, you can't just like cram hours and hours of content mm -hmm. and pay attention to it where you can like know when a character shows up their story history. You could dive on Wikipedia, you know, and figure that shit out. But it's like, it's tough. I mean, and, and I've seen a little bit more than you have. And even I was like, I watched it with my fiance and my soon to be wife. And when Ahsoka showed up, the intention of the filmmakers of, Filoni, who directed that episode, who's like the in-house Lucasfilm nerd. He's like the guy, like you, if you cram all the Twitter guys into one, like all the anonymous right. Twitter people that talk shit into one guy that actually works at Lucasfilms, like he's it. But he like really cares. But anyway, you could tell he wanted people to be like, oh shit, Ahsoka. And I turned to Ivy and I was like, do you even know who this is? Do you care? Yeah. He was like, no. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, this, well, this is the and, thing. And Bo yeah, Bo right? Bo-Katan is the same way where, I mean, that's right. a huge loaded character, as I understand it from Clone Wars, and I don't know her entire well, history. Rebel. Yeah. Yeah, but, or, yeah. Or Rebels, but, but yeah. as I understand it, if you know her history, the scenes are a lot more loaded, and the final outcome is a lot more loaded, understanding what she's been through, the person that she is, you know, her values, versus, you know, you get her in, in The Mandalorian, and you understand, you know, she explains who she is and, and what she's aiming for, but the, all you know is basically, you know, two or three episodes worth of her explanation of, of what her deal is. You know, and, and let me back up. I, I like this show. I enjoy watching it. I, you know, I don't look forward to it as much as I did the sequel trilogies. Maybe that's just a product of like the big movie thing. Um, and these are quick little hour episodes. It's weird when it drops because people watch it on Thursday night. Mm -hmm. It's like stay up and watch it when it drops yeah. at like 11, 11 central because it drops at midnight Eastern, I think, or maybe it like staggers, but either way there's, there's, I wake up to, to spoilers every morning, yeah. you know, just on yeah. my, the media people that I follow. And like, I could either just like not get on social media at all on Friday and to wait until I can watch the episode or, and that's an interesting component of this too. But I mean, it's a yeah. good, well-made show. It's done the universe justice. Like I have no complaints about the production quality or like anything. It's, it's perfectly fine. I do wish I was probably younger when it came out. You know, I think yeah. that I might've enjoyed it a little bit more if like, if this had been around instead of the sequels, let's say, even though the sequels yeah. have kind of a special place in my heart for some reason. It's probably the time I saw them. Um, but I thought this show was going to be like live action Clone Wars. I thought like Ugly Lady episode in this 
like that's what it was going to be. It was going to be little adventures with Mando and Grogu doing like some shit that doesn't really matter. Like they're not saving the universe. There's not a giant yeah. laser about to blow up like everyone that we care about. It's like they're it's just like doing a cartoon. It. Yeah, like a cartoon yeah. feel to it. And then any given offshoot episode, and there's been a couple of those, I guess, you know, where he goes on, especially more so in the first season where he goes on to sort of his, he'll just go and help a village for sort of no reason. And yeah, he beats Cardoon there. Um, but their little one-off where he he does a job essentially, and that's the end of it. You probably aren't going to see most of those characters again. And and yeah, I think the second season, you know, whether intentional or not, blew that up, right? I mean, now it's it's connected again, so it's uh, for the for the greater picture. Where does it here? I mean, there, there's going to be a season. We've been told a lot of people after this ep- episode ended were like, okay, Amanda's that's it. Like they thought the end of it was when he handed off Grogu to his future master, his Jedi master, Luke Walker, um, the CGI face, which we'll get to. But yeah, I mean, like, and then it, there, where does this go? I mean, do we follow Man- Mando or Jin, Din Jaren? That's a really tough name. I feel like they could have yeah. workshopped that a little bit more, um, you know, just to make it easier to say. Because uh, everyone yeah. just says Mando because his name's preposterous. Because it's like, it's like saying like uh, seashells, seashells by the seashore. It's like I don't know yeah. about this. Yeah, but it, I, don't, um, I don't get paid by Lucasfilm. But I mean, like, where, where, where does it go? Like, and, and do we care? I, I, like, I, I feel like I'm being so cynical right now. But it's like, I don't know. I need I, to talk about this. I haven't really talked about this with anybody yet. I, I came into this almost hoping that you would you would be for it because I wanted to, to to push against it. You know, I, I would hate to think that the Mandalorian season three would not focus on the Mandalorian, right? Um, you know, I think they have to diverge Grogu and, and Din Djarin. Um, and I guess Mando's path is, is potentially the, the dark saber savior of Mandalore, right? Um, they set that up. I mean, very clearly, you know, it ended on a, uh, I guess you could call it a cliffhanger with Bo-Katan being very upset that, you know, she didn't actually physically defeat Moff Gideon in combat. Uh, right, she has to right. kick his ass to, in order to be the, the queen. Right, like that's gray, like gray area, right? Yeah. What is what is combat? I mean, is it is it thumb wars? Is it uh, you know a wrestling match? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But she she seems to think that it is uh, something a little bit more than just I yield to you. Um, you know, I guess I, I guess they could do a jump in time. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I, I am in, intrigued on what happens with Grogu. Right? I mean, he is. I guess maybe he becomes somewhat of a Jedi. You know, Luke trains him. Uh, what does that mean for you know? Luke and his temple and, and where's Grogu, you know, when we get into, uh, six, seven, eight. Yeah. yeah. Or sorry. Uh, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, does Kylo Ren kill his ass? I mean, like, or does he get out of there before? And he already escaped order 66, right? Like he's, yeah. he was trained in the original Jedi temple and then gets out of Dodge before order 66 is like a universe. Just like, as a commodity by from person to person until empire gets him or wants to get him so they can extract his blood mentioned his midi count which is midi chlorians for any george yeah yeah uh and uh which tells me maybe they're trying to create force individuals or is it to clone palpatine and if it's to clone palpatine they will fuck off to John Favreau and probably not even watch another episode. Cause if like they try so, to explain yeah. their, the, the fuck up with episode nine by like doing all this stuff and be like, no, 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 no. It was the plan the whole time. I will take it. Yeah. With that. So I, I think I would have to guess that's the direction because we have Dr. Persing. Is that his name? Who's a clone doctor? That was, that's what he does. Right. So we already yeah. know clones are involved. You know, there was uh, the episode where they go and, and blow up the base. There's the the tube. You see like a tube something, you know, is that a, a Snoke character? Um, and then throughout. No, we the have Empire, a jar full of Snokes in like 18 years. There's a jar full yeah. of Snoke somewhere. And then the Empire continues to mention order. You know, Moff Gideon says something yeah. along the lines of, you know, uh, you know, you we don't know have order. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They keep yeah. mentioning order. First order, order. Um, so I guess, you know, it almost seems to me like a rogue one ish is the direction they're going to explain, you know, the, the hole in the death star, right? Well, what's the hole in the whole Palpatine plot? Well, I guess we could throw in a, you know, uh, what I would think would be a waste of a great character in Grogu to explain, you know, arguably a non well thought out plot point with Palpatine, but yeah, that would be something if, you know, he's, he's created 
just purely to explain how they were able to like clone a Jedi or whatever. Yeah, that'd be yeah. be something. Um, so at one point, I thought that maybe the dark troopers had some some force. Yeah something or other. I thought that was the direction they were going. And I think that'd be kind of cool. I mean, maybe there's some canon out there that explains why you can't do that. I guess Grievous, well, he couldn't use the force. Right. Um, so no, that he was would just be a lizard in a, he was just a lizard in a mechanical costume. Yeah, with, uh, and, he would, yeah, he would not like, do well. He would be definitely, uh, what is it? Uh, he'd be highly sensitive to COVID right now. High risk for sure. Real tough. For, yeah. yeah. And then the, the open heart casket too. You just, you merely, pull a couple of flaps back and then his freaking heart's exposed. It's like, you really could have thought yeah. that out better. I feel like yeah, really bad, uh, really bad programming there. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I would guess that's where they're going with Grogu. I mean, whether he is, makes it out of Luke's temple alive or, you know, I guess, you know, what were they going to do with him? We understood from the beginning that the, the empire wanted him for something. Um, this is, you know, post return of the Jedi, but, but prior to Snoke or anyone else, um, it is you know, seven years post Return of the Jedi. Okay. You know, I mean, I guess not knowing what we know now, what are his other options? Grogu, right? He just sort of lives in adventures with uh, Mando. I guess that's kind of cool. Yoda was like, what, 500 years old or something. So unless 900. Grogu, 900, so unless Grogu is killed, he's clearly aging well. I mean, he was only, I think he's 50, right? Don't they establish that or it's that's somewhere right. at some point? Yeah. Um, granted, if he was 50 and is like, can't even speak and he's just gooing and guying, you know, what's another 20, 30 years until, uh, you know, force awakens or however long it is. I mean, he's probably like a, a rebellious teenager at that point. I don't know how the, I mean, probably even younger than that. If 50 is basically infant and they live to 900, he may not be well-developed at all by that point. Yeah. That's a good point. Like if he's, what is his emotional intelligence? We think like you're, you're the expert on this. Is he like one and a half? Like uh, comparatively to a human, two. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're talking, you know, being able to speak and things like that. I mean, he can't, right? Yoda could speak. It was a you know an interesting dialect, but he was he could speak. So if we're talking, you know, Grogu, he's probably under under like one and a half relative to child years as far as you know language skills and maybe emotional intelligence as well. Well, right. So like if if. It's th- even at the it, 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 over the course of the show, even if it goes to the sequel trilogy timeline, which is 30 years later, that means he's like, what, three or four in terms of like, mm-hmm. unless I mean, they age differently, which they could just do whatever the fuck they want, because it's like, a, yeah, obviously alien aging. And they could be like, oh, actually, the second he turns 50, then he enters this rapid phase of development. And then yeah. you have to be like, you have to be like, OK, cool. But like, yeah, that is kind of like interesting that he's basically like, yeah, yeah he's he, Yoda's eight times older than him. Or, or actually, sixteen times older than him. But it's like, if you if he's two, if he's two basically as a human, then Yoda would only be like thirty two. If you like equivalent the fifty years, and Yoda's clearly like elderly. So I don't know. I, I you, you do not, that shit. I'm not going to go on the record with my math on that one. But yeah, no, I agree. And, and I mean, I guess he was he's hiding his force sensitivity, so maybe that has something to do with his sort of you know uh, regression into like deep deep childhood you know, infancy, but that seems a little loaded. It seems like he's just supposed to be, they age differently because they live so long. It takes them longer to develop. So he's 50 and really not able to, to communicate or, or really do anything. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little quick about the creators of the show. So it's most of the showrunner of the show is John Favreau, who, you know, from me did the first two Iron Mans. Um, he did Cowboys and Aliens. He's back to the, the even the nineties, he did all the swingers. He kind of was part of the indie film craze in the 90s showed up in the god or showed up in sopranos to do like a kind of a parody of himself um so he's like a real successful guy in hollywood is apparently a huge star wars guy um i didn't realize this about him but he clearly understands like the lore and has you know all of the different things a lot of in jokes in the show and he writes most of the episodes uh, with the exception of a few throughout the series uh he directs a lot of the episodes however he does pass it off to like some of his boys in hollywood um bryce dowd a couple, uh, Ron Howard's daughter, um, and an actor in her own right. And then, um, R- Robert Rodriguez came in and directed an episode, which is the dude that did like, um, uh, from dust till dawn and once Final time in Mexico, Prado. I don't know if you've ever seen those, yeah. um, like a pulpy kind of action guy. He did the Boba Fett episode. Uh, well, so, so anyway, he's doing, he's book of Boba, right? Yeah. He's doing book. He's doing uh, yeah. Book of Boba Fett. So like, it's basically if you come in do a decent job and John likes you, they're just like, here, have a, have a show. 
They're like, here's yeah. here's eighty million dollars to go, yeah, you know, move to move to Lucasfilm or wherever the fuck it is, wherever they shoot all these things, whatever set, and then like you know you just make whatever you want. You write all of those scripts or whatever, and like that's cool. We're getting a lot of content, but like at some point, man, like it's it's already a lot to watch The Mandalorian. It's a lot of Star Wars because we don't we've never had it like this. It's usually yeah. like a we have nine movies total over like forty years, you know, and then, and then suddenly like every week we're getting this new piece of mythology and lore that changes everything that we knew about the characters. I mean, you know, when, when they pop in, you know, when you have like a, you know, a, ma- a major legacy character pop in for a little bit, you're like, wait a minute, how does this affect? Like, what were they doing at this time? And it's a big yeah. space, right? You got 30 years between Jedi and force awakens. You've got a lot of like play box. And I think they're really interested in that space. Cause that's where Ahsoka's set. That's where Obi-Wan's going to be set. Um, I, I don't know about the other shows. Uh, Book of Boba is obviously set then because it picks up kind of where it leaves off in this. So they're really interested there. So that's kind of the, the making of the show. And I feel like the, the craftsmanship's good. Like the writing's good and like the direction's good. I'm not like ever that looks cheap. I know I've mentioned that before, but I have no complaints there. What do you think about all that stuff? Yeah, so I think it's it's sort of like the Star Wars fatigue, right? Uh, it, it was something special, you know? It, it's almost like, you know, getting Christmas four times a year at this point. Um, you know, when, when the prequels came out, it was such big news and you were so excited. And then, you know, when, when the, the sequels came out and, and some of the one-offs like Solo, you know, it, it was still very exciting, but it was sort of getting to the point, I think, and, and that's sort of when, when Solo, uh, you know, didn't do as well. Maybe that was the concern is they're just pushing this out too too often. And now it's, it's the streaming as opposed to the movies. Um, and, and, you know, I think I will try to continue to watch all of it. But if you're telling me that that sort of like Marvel's doing where there's five or six shows going on at a time, I mean, there's just no way I'm going to have to pick and choose. Uh, I'll, I'll stay true to Mando, Book of Boba, I think. And it it'll may, may just end up being the ones that come out the most recently are the ones that, you know, I pay attention to. And the other ones just sort of get pushed away. Um, you know, as, as far as sort of diluting your your classic characters i agree with that i mean you look at boba fett who had all of what 10 seconds in empire and maybe a couple minutes in jedi you go back and he's a kid in clone war so or, or in attack of the clone so who cares but now we're learning about boba you know the way that we never would he seems to be i mean i guess i was surprised that he sort of stood up to his side of the bargain it's almost like he's a moralistic kind of guy you know he he uh got his armor back, tracked Mando across the galaxy, and then is willing to just, you know, throw his life on the line to, to protect Grogu because he threw away, said that, you know, I'll make a deal with you. Um, you know, I, I guess that's just not how I pictured Boba. You know, later on, he he just sort of shoots uh, Bib Fortuna for no reason, as far as we know. So he's still, you know, got that sort of cold heartedness. But I guess my point is, you know, it's developing this character that we knew nothing about. And is it better to have it like that or really to just, you know, use your imagination as to what Bobo was like, just this sort of silent bounty hunter out there, you know, really no skin in any game other than to, to make a dime. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Like, it, it, I think you know the answer to your question too. Like, it, yeah. it, it's usually better to, with the shark and jaws, right? You don't know shit about it. You just know it's like yeah. evil. And that's important, I think, sometimes for tertiary characters. Boba yeah. Fett was a non-factor. It was a toy that got really popular. Yeah. And like it was cool and we were kids and it was awesome. But that I didn't need to know anything about him. And then we get the clone shit. Okay, now he suddenly becomes Tamira Morrison in the suit because he has to be, you know? So you have mm-hmm. to cast this guy who's like not really acting. He's not doing anything. He, he's yeah. I mean, I don't know why he got the the Django part anyway, but he did. <laughs> but he, so then you like you have to cast this guy who yeah. has gained like a hundred pounds since then. And like so that he's got like fat boba on him on. And like it's it's just like <laughs> It's like you said, I, I, I would I always thought of him as a very villainous person that probably didn't live up to much of a code, if at all. And now yeah. he's revealed to be this incredibly virtuous individual that is a hero in the show for no reason other than the fact that Mando like lets him get his armor out of his ship before it gets blown up. It doesn't even let him, but just gets it like steals it kind of while yeah. while Mando's fighting all the stormtroopers or whatever. And yeah. There's how, a. Uh, like, how do you feel when Boba shows up? He shows up at the end, like the stinger almost of the first episode, and it's like he's fucked up looking because the Sarlacc obviously did its did its work on him. But it's like I knew it was him because like I'm I'm a big Star Wars guy, but like yeah. 
I've had friends that didn't even know it, didn't even know who that was because they're like, he looks so different. And it's like, and they haven't thought about Tamir Morrison in 20 years since uh, Attack of the Clones came out. Like, so remind me, did he show up at the end of the episode with Timothy Oliphant with essentially Boba's, you know, he's, he's wielding yeah. Boba's armor the entire time. Yeah. Um, he's like on the cliff face, like with the setting sun and he watches Mando like, like drive by on the speeder bike. Yeah. He like turns around and gives that real steely Bruce Willis look into the camera. And like, I, I mean, no one knew that was like, uh, it, it goes back to like, if you're not like tuned in on this shit, do you even care what you're watching? Are you just like, who the fuck is that? I did like the Timmy Ola, Timothy Oliphant kind of reversal of like, you think it's Aunt Boba and then it's not it's this other guy like that. That was a cool episode. Yeah, like more he did, didn't fill out the suit necessarily. Whereas, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the classic actor definitely does fill it out. And, does, you know, I yeah. just, I would, I prefer my Boba to be silent, you know, and to maybe give a head nod and to be eaten by the Sarlacc. And, you know, you heard, it's almost like, you know, you're a character and you heard rumors that he escaped, but, but you don't know, you know, if that's canon or if it's EU or you didn't read that comic book. Right. So he's just this sort of mythological character. Whereas now he's going to be like taking over Jabba's gang, I guess, or, or, you know, now we're going to learn even, to assume, yeah. Yeah. Learn even more about him. Um, and, and frankly, the more I learn, the less I like, about Woban, maybe <laughs> yeah, he's like exactly. he's like the encapsulation of it all because he had all of five minutes, you know, and he's he's getting his own series at this point. Um, like, what about him is interesting? Like, other than like, like the him standing there malevolently, the occasional nod, the, the threat of physical violence, the fact that we know he's really good at his job because he tracked Han when Han thought he was slick, you know, letting go with the garbage. Then Boba yeah. and the Slave One like follow. You're like, oh, this fucking guy knows what's up. Like the rest of the bounty hunters can't track him but like boba's the one and you could spot him in that lineup when they first bring the bounty hunters on like that guy seems to be like a little bit elevated like he's a higher tier bounty hunter and now it's just like i don't know man like at the book of boba fett what's the show about is he like is it like an episode where like someone comes before him and then it's just like him either killing that person or helping them like what what is it uh, is it a is it a is it like the godfather of star wars i bet that's how it was pitched they're like we're gonna totally make the godfather in star wars yeah right and godfather and, plus star wars like that's a hit right oh yeah it's a, at least it'll at least subscribe a million more people but the question <laughs> is 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 boba fett as interesting as michael corleone or fucking Vito corleone or is tamir morrison as good of an actor as like you know al pacino or marlon brando i mean look well, I don't know why they're even doing that. I, I really found it interesting that I got greenlighted, other than the fact that Disney has too much money to know what they do to do with. Yeah, I mean, you know, when when rumors of the Mandalorian came out, you assumed that it was it was Boba, right? Because I mean, I guess That's I true. I should have expected it. Yeah, I was not. Yeah. I'm not as well versed on Mandalore culture from Clone Wars, but that's what I assumed happened, and he didn't get it right. It's it's a different person. And maybe they just had already written some of this, or maybe they just thought, you know, well, everyone loves Boba, but I feel like Boba, all of a sudden, his coolness factor sort of drops because, you know, if, if what you were attracted to it originally was was the armor, there's a whole culture, a whole world that that rocks that armor and apparently, you know, has greater right to it than Boba does, um, you know, who's just, uh, I guess, a special clone. So I, I don't, I don't know that it needs to be made. Maybe it'll be great. That's one that I'll probably watch. Fennec, I don't really care about Fennec. I mean, I don't know what her, she doesn't have a story to me. She's just a sharpshooter that Boba saved. And they she's a hired this, gun, right? She's a, a physical character. A hired she gun, like, right? Yeah. She's like in the uh, in attack. Fixed. Like he's like somehow like a cybernetic surgeon. Like he like replaced yeah. all of her innards with. Like, he, he knows do how that? to do that. That's, that's, yeah, that's easy, right? I mean, when you're yeah. in the middle of the, the Tatooine desert, I mean, you know, it's easy, yeah. easy to do. Um, <laughs> And then she owes him a life debt, I guess. Uh, but I'm not super interested in her character. Maybe if she like turned or something on them, if she really is a hired gun and is in it for the money, you know, all of a sudden she, the, I guess one thing that, that always just sort of bugged me about this is like, they've got the kid, right? Is like a tagline that anyone will, anyone will jump onto, right? You can just Darth Vader. If they would have found him be like, Hey, they've got the kid. Then like, he'd be like, yeah, I'll help. You know, like Bo-Katan does it. Uh, Fett does it, I guess, out of honor for his dead. Uh, but, you know, Fennec is on board as well because Boba is like, they all really like this kid. And Grogu's cute. Like, it's, you know, it's a great little character. Um, but this motley crew that comes together to, to save Grogu, I just, it feels like there's there's a piece missing there for me as to why everyone is willing to really put their neck on the line 
for any given, you know, just for Grogu. Yeah, I, they have the good sort of, though. I mean, Grogu's a great character creation. Like, yeah. usually, you know, you question whether the sequel trilogy was plotted out, like, whether they had, like, a clear plan. Then you get in episode nine, and it's clear they're just trying to, like, throw a bunch of shit at you and hope that you like it because they don't have, like, what they wanted to happen. And so, but with with this, they had, they kind of had some goods. Like, they had some commodities. They have characters that, that are pretty good. I liked the Mandalorian character. I like the performance from Pedro Pascal. Um, I like some of the expansion of the stuff. I like the... When they go to the, uh, it's like uh, they're on that sh the truck, and they have to like uh, fight off all those dudes that are trying to steal the explosive. And they get to the, uh, with the actually the Bill Burr episode, and then they have that like that one asshole, like Imperial commander that's like basically, like, yeah, and he's like a kind of a shit bag that you think would be like a low level commander. Really, we only see these like British guys, these cold British guys on ships, and this guy's kind of like. You know what the guy that you'd actually think would do the dirty work, and I, yeah. I like that stuff. Like that's a stuff that I like. Sit there, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. It feels well plot out, right? I mean, I, I have no doubt that they had a, a good idea for where they were going the entire time, Luke or not, at the end. Um, but you know, whether I like where they went is a different story. You know, it is a cohesive, well written, you know, series. I'm not, you know, I don't question that. Um, but but at the same time, I don't know that I I like where they're going with it. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is you like if you when you show your your sons eventually Star Wars and they're able to like process it, and you have this whole process. Like you're gonna show them Boba Fett, and they're gonna see Boba in the original trilogy, however you decide to show it to him. They're gonna figure out he's a clone, and then they're gonna have, like see the Mandalorian at some point, and he's gonna have this whole other thing, and they're gonna have that as one understanding of the character. You know, there's not gonna be like a period of time where we've process this <laughs> a different way. And I wonder if that's better or worse. Yeah. Like, is it, yeah, is that, is that just like, or are we just old fogies that like latched on to a character that we thought we had established in our heads and now he's something else. So we're like, you know, wait a minute. Like uh, we don't, we don't want this. Like we're baby, be a baby boomers about it. So we can okay boomer us all day. Cause we probably deserve it after this, um, this podcast. But all right. When, when baby Yoda Grogu is on the like little pad thing, like calling all the Jedi, on like the whatever, like the Bluetooth and, and they're like, uh, and it's spinning for a while and he's like reaching out to all of them. Uh, and, and then it stops and, and it's like, okay, he called the Jedi. And then Ahsoka has that line, which says, there's not many of us left, you know, order 66, Ravage Jedi. The only Jedi in fact that we know exists right now are that I knew existed were Ahsoka, Luke, um, whoever he's, tr Luke is training at the time. If that's even started yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, uh, uh, what's his name? The main character of rebels, um, cause rebels takes place between like before this, basically in that, in, even in that seven years. So there's like the main character kid of rebels, Ezra, that's his name. He's being trained in rebels and then ends up becoming sort of a Jedi, but like a, a informally trained one. Um, sure. he's around too. So I immediately, when that happened, I, I was like, all right, well, it's gotta be one of those people. Cause I don't yeah. think they invent another Jedi that we just don't know about, although they could have. Um, and it's not going to be Ahsoka cause we just saw her. And it's like, why would she be like, all right, go the fuck away and then show up to like rescue him? That seemed weird. And so yeah. in the back of my head, I knew it was going to be Luke. Like I knew it. I knew they were going to do it, but I didn't think they'd actually do it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, who, what did you think when he was calling Jedi? Were you like, didn't think anything of it? Did you think there's going to be a Jedi showing up at some point? Did you assume it was going to be Luke before you found out that it was Luke? Because you found that out before you saw the episode, but in that interim period. Yeah. I guess I didn't think I, I didn't think Luke. I mean, I think when I saw that episode, because I was behind, I knew that that you know Mark Hamill made some type of cameo, but I didn't know what it was. I definitely did not know that he was as involved as he would be. Uh, you know, in the back of my head, now I'm thinking, you know, I guess Yoda's around, right? So no, no, this is no, sorry, yeah, yeah I'm crazy. Um, I, I just almost I, I didn't even think about that. You know, who 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 would be calling? I guess those are the only characters that really make sense. I, I guess I kind of thought maybe a Jedi doesn't show up, right? I mean, I, I maybe in the back of my head, I didn't want Luke to show up. I didn't want, he makes the most sense. Like you said, ah Ahsoka had already sort of really had no interest, right? She, her motherly instincts, I guess, you know, died somewhere in Clone Wars and she's just like, eh, he's cute, but I'm not that interested. I've got my own Thrawn issues to deal with. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I almost like the idea of a, of a new character, right? What's, uh, I guess in my head, what's the harm of introducing, you know, someone new that that 
maybe is force sensitive and not a Jedi because at least last Jedi taught us that that's a possibility, right? Um, I don't know why they would all of a sudden show up to a Imperial light speeder, light cruiser, you know, at the end to, to save, you know, uh, to save anyone. Yeah, it makes the most sense that it's Luke, but, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, look, look, here's the thing. We'll talk about the last episode. I think that's like what you have the bulkier notes about. So we could talk about that generally. The finale is Luke Skywalker shows up on an Imperial freighter to save Everyone saves the day, basically. Yep. He does all the cool lightsaber shit that all you fucking nerds <laughs> had wet dreams about for the past, like, however long. Um, that, uh, you know, okay. When that happened, when that X-Wing showed up, I was like, oh, shit. And then, uh, because I didn't know it was going to happen. You know, I watched the show, like, as it aired, and I didn't know. I somehow avoided that spoiler. And then I was like, that's fucking Luke, the second that, that X-Wing showed up. And then, like, then he comes in in the cloak. I'm like, that's fucking Luke. And then I did get, I got kind of teary-eyed, man, because, like, it, it you know it, it is a character that means a lot to me and has been for basically my entire like a life you know yeah and so it's like it was cool like I, as I'm willing to admit it was cool um but like people are reacting to it like you wouldn't believe or maybe you would like these people are having like Mandalorian is the best thing to happen to Star Wars since the Empire Strikes Back and like mm-hmm. all this stuff and then so then I hated it because I was like these fucking guys don't understand anything about anything and i get it like they, they don't really care it's not like anyone cares about cinema if you're a star wars fan right you just like you want to see cool shit like it, 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 it there's few people that kind of overlap like that like it that like good shit and then also star wars a lot and like like the good shit of star wars anyway what yeah. did you think about it i mean were you like did you get emotional about it were you like or were you just a cold calculated um <laughs> you know watcher of of mandalorian just to say you finished it and saw it so I, w- I was entertained, right? I feel like Russell Crowe at the end of Gladiator. Like I- I'm entertained, like as the Mandalorian, the show in my head is like being murdered, essentially. Um, you know, so I-, I had heard that he was on, but I hadn't seen the episode. And in my head, I had thought that it was like a passing, you know, sort of like uh, I-, I guess some of the new movies did, where it was like a passing cameo, but not not a full on action scene. I'm going to be part of this show from now on. Like he shows up like on a com link or like a video screen and he says yeah, like exactly. Rogue One reporting in, I'm coming to rescue you guys. Like and then it's yeah. like cut the credits. It's not like Yeah. Or like, cold, you know, like yeah, like cloaked and you sort of see him like just just passing, I don't know. Um I mean it was cool, you know, there's a great shot where like you know it's him pretty much as soon as he, he pops out, but there's like a uh you know, you see his black glove and then the the camera tracks down the green lightsaber. I mean, it was, it was great. It was really cool. You know, it was something that, that you can't deny is fun to watch. Uh, so I was entertained while I saw it, but then, you know, when it finished, I sort of thought like, well, you know, I, I, in retrospect, uh, maybe I wish it didn't happen. Right. It, it was almost an immediate, immediate regret that it did. Um, Why do you wish it didn't happen? Why did you regret it? I just liked that this was, you know, it's, it's, it's like an incestuous galaxy at this point, you know, where the Skywalkers touch everything and understanding that, that baby Yoda is, is or Grogu is force sensitive, you know, and, and naturally, you know, that's that there's only so many Jedi left, I guess. I just would have liked for them to, to keep it away from the Skywalkers as long as possible, you know, outer rim to me. I just want one show that has nothing to do with the Skywalkers, you know? Um, and I think that it, you know, the, the world is all of a sudden a lot more limited as to, to what can really happen uh, with the, the Mando's plot. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if he's going to have anything else to do with the show, though. I really think like that could very well be his little scene that he leaves to go train Yo- Grogu. And then that's kind of he goes off and does that thing. And then then there's a Luke Skywalker 10 episode show like three years yep. from now that tells that story. Like, but I don't know if he's going to come back into Mando's world because I can't imagine why. Yeah. Unless Mando has to go get Grogu from the temple for some reason. Um, no, I think that's right. Uh, you know, and, and it, it's sort of like uh, it, it's just a new journey, right? I mean, we had two seasons of Mando taking care of and chasing Grogu, and now they're they're split apart, you know? So, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess there's some growth that comes with that in the episode and that you have to, you know, if you're going to stay on board, you have to accept that that they're, they're a part of, you know, so they'll go their different ways and, and Mando will have this own new adventures. Um, so maybe you're right. And if that is the case, and if they continue to, you know, keep it sort of away from, from things that we already know, then I, I'm interested and I'm still on board. Um, it just, 
you know, it, it's a your classic, what is it, deus ex machina, where Luke just comes in, um, you know, the, the battle droids or the uh, destroyer droids all of a sudden are really just a mechanism for Luke to have his, you know, juxtaposition of the, the Vader scene at the end of uh, Rogue One. Um, and it, it, it just felt like it was, you know, it just didn't feel necessary to me. Yeah, I mean, when he, like, fucking collapses the one, like, with the sheer force, like, just to be badass, I was like, that just makes no sense, like, in, even in context of that battle, you know? Like, yeah. just slash it like you did the rest of them. Like, that's, like, a waste of energy and force power to me. Like, like, and that's just such a, that's clearly <laughs> such a video game far, move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you know, and I just... Yes, it just didn't seem necessary to me. I mean, all of a sudden, the destroyer droids are, are not as powerful as you thought they were. I mean, and, and this sets Luke and his powers way above Mando and anyone else, right? I mean, he, he took out an entire platoon, whereas Mando was struggling with one. Um, I will say, and I have to give credit to, to some article, not only does that track the uh, the Rogue One scene, but it tracks the uh, Anakin sort of temple scene in... Uh, Revenge of the Sith very well, where you sort of see a cloaked figure walk through the halls, you see it on camera, and instead of killing children, bad ones, uh, Luke is, is killing these destroyer droids. So Yeah, what the the death troopers or what are they called? The uh, uh, uh I don't know, who fucking cares? That's the, the point. I don't like it. There's just another more powerful trooper that we're shown are really powerful so that way when Luke cuts them up like butter, we're expected to understand how powerful he is. And that's but the like, only reason they're there, right? Is is for Luke to have that final well, scene. The, yeah. the, they're introduced in the middle of the season when they co- go and get baby Yoda, you know? And yeah. then we're like, oh fuck, these things are and then you think maybe they're force sensitive and all that. I, I thought the same thing. And they're just set up purely for for fodder for Luke to cut up in the last episode. And it's like, Make him out of how Beskar powerful is he, you know? Like, yeah. is, is he like, this is the Jedi thing that like really fluctuates. And I don't think anyone actually knows the answer to this question is like, are they fucking superheroes or do they, can they get killed? I mean, I saw, you know, in order 66, like some of them just got kind of murked, you know, like yeah. three stormtroopers like kind of circled them and killed them. <laughs> it's like, yeah. but then Luke takes on like 20 and I know he's supposed to be powerful. You know, it's been seven years. He's been honing his Jedi Master skills. He's been lifting more rocks, doing more, swinging on more vines and shit like that. And he's feeling pretty frisky, doing a lot of CrossFit, feeling good. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just, you know, that was such a pandering scene to yeah, all the exactly. to, to every fuck that didn't like the Last Jedi. That's like exactly what they wanted, like sixty-seven-year-old Mark Hamill to do, and without thinking about how ridiculous that would have been. Yeah, um, I mean. You know, sixty-seven-year-old Obi Wan in A New Hope can barely get his arthritis out to fight Vader. Like that fight is absurd. It's stupid. Might as well be with walkers, right? Yeah, and, and but it's not about the fight. It's about the characters. Like it's what yeah. you care about, you know. And so, anyway, like I, all right, and that's and that's it, right? I mean, that's why I just it it felt at the end of it, it felt cheap, just not necessary, a fun time, but at the expense of you know maybe some real storytelling where they could have you know put some emotion into the final, you know, the, the final scene was emotional enough, but you know, it just, it, it didn't need to happen. It felt very forced and it felt like it was pandering. Uh-huh. So Mark Hamill plays this character according to the in credits. Yeah, credits. I would posit to you that he doesn't play this character one minute, except for when he removes the hood. Um, he is obviously <laughs> not doing the choreographed uh, fight scenes. There is absolutely no way. Um, yeah. And 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 then when I say Mark Hamill, I mean maybe he's standing there, and then they they de-age his face, um, yeah. like we saw in even going back to in Marvel and Civil War when they show young Robert Downey Jr. in that yeah. scene, and you're like, whoa, wait a minute, is this going to start happening? And yeah. little did you know that they're going to start doing this, like on the reg. We saw it with Tarkin and Rogue One, and then now we see it with Mark Hamill, and it fucking looks weird, man. And there's nothing that you can tell me. I know it's like a Marvel of of it's a marvel of computer generating technology, but your brain, my brain is like, this is weird. Like, yeah. cause he looks like, it just looks weird. Like the whole time, like this, this is a video game character with real yeah. people. And it's like, it's bizarre. I, I, and, and for me, you know, what, what, what the ultimate, one thing that just hit me is, is it just takes away from, from the greater cameo, right? The cameo in the classic sense, you know, and this is dumb. I think of the new, the newer Starsky and Hutch movie with uh, Ben Stiller and, and Owen Wilson, you know, at the end, there's, wow, there's what like a reference action. here. 
You're really well, in your like, bag right now. <laughs> there's, the, there's the old Starsky and Hutch. You show up at the end, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, like they got these guys to do it. Like they came out here and did the cameo. I understand they're not important to the story, but it's like, it's a cool nod, right? Like they brought the actual human beings in and they did this thing. If all of a sudden, you know, this is what cameos turn into, don't we lose that? I mean, it's, it's oh, well, now with CGI, like that's not a cameo anymore. That's just, there's no effort in that. I mean, understanding it's it's impressive digitally to, to be able to do that. It's art. It, you, you just lose some of it, you know? So I just, I, I don't like it. I would hate to think that, you know, that is where things are heading. You know, if it's not a main character, a either, you know, temporary or continuing character that they, they would, you know, bring Luke in like that. Um, I just, I, I wasn't for it, you know? Now who, who, what would have happened otherwise? You know, I think you don't need those, those new stronger droids, which really are again, fodder and not a plot point. Um, and I don't know where, where Grogu goes, but I mean, that's, that's not my job. I just, I would have liked to see it go somewhere else. You know, if Grogu ends up at Luke's temple, maybe that's the, the series finale, you know, that's, that's the wrap to where uh, of his story. And you just don't really know as opposed to now we have a season three where we have to acknowledge Grogu as, you know, the main or one of the main characters. Um, even if we follow Mando more so, I mean, it's gonna, his being with Luke, Luke is going to, quote unquote, give his life to protect the child. Um, it's just didn't need it. I, I got a little dusty eyed when little Grogu is being carried away by body double Mark Hamill. And like, yeah. he's like wave, waving and, and like they're, you know, and then you get a, uh, you know, uh, Jin takes his helmet off and he's getting a little dusty eyed. And I was like, I was kind of into that. I was like, I was feeling feeling it a little bit, their little bond they had going on. So in a way that, you know, mission accomplished, that's really like the crux of the show is making you believe in that relationship. And I did. Yeah. Uh, I thought Pedro yeah. Pascal gives a really good performance and with him without a helmet, he does a great. Nothing role, right. I mean, like it's pretty underwritten. It's supposed to be, he's like obviously very stoic. Um, and, uh, but you really kind of believe his, his he like kind of falls for this kid, you know, in, in, in a fatherly way. And the yeah. scenes where he takes his helmet off, like, are really, are really good. Like, he's just doing a lot, I think, with not saying anything. Yeah. I really enjoy his performance, and, and I'm glad he's part of the show in the universe. Like, it's a good character. So, yeah, like, in that way, yeah. mission accomplished, right? Like, yeah. I, um, you know, I think maybe I would have preferred if he didn't take his helmet off in the, the you know, the, the episode where they infiltrate a base, one of the many episodes. You know, so the first time we really see him take his helmet off to where a human or a live creature sees it is Grogu. Um, yeah, that probably hits harder. Yeah, it still has a, you know a, a good amount of emotional impacts, and I was the same way. Um, you know, he takes the helmet off, Grogu touches his face. Piece of trivia: the last time that uh, a, a person touched a, a thing touched uh, this actor's face, it didn't end so well. Uh, mm. Game of Thrones reference. Yeah, um, Red Viper. Yeah. But uh, no, it was good. You know, they they both played that part well. You know, the R2 sort of piece was interesting where Grogu was like hesitant to go to Luke until he sees R2. Um, he's not showed any affinity to droids or astromech droids or anything. So is there some history there? Uh, I don't know. I guess R2 would have been at the temple, um, the, the original Jedi temple because he, he was the Anakin. So he's like always kind of he's always kind of like lingering around there, loitering around. Like I would hate to think uh, you know it it was it seemed very purposeful, right? That that he would see R two and then all of a sudden be willing to go over and leave Mando. Um, You know, I I think I would have preferred, and and I mean it it was fine, and like they affect they did what they did. At least it wasn't like it was still like effective and good with what they did. The exception of the CGI, but it's like I get it. You don't want to recast. You rather like have Mark Hamill because um, if you recast that, half the people are like that sucks too. You know, there's always going to be someone bitching about it. Um, but whatever. I would have liked to have seen uh, Mando like be the victorious person in the final scene. You know, he saves Baby Yoda. Like he takes down the droid with the dark saber. And then he's the hero, you know, and and then it, that still creates the whole conflict between him and Bo-Katan or whatever. And then Grogu, by message from Luke or something, who heard about, like, who felt all this, gets a message and then drops Grogu off at the temple. And we don't see Luke, but we see the cloak. We see the hand, the robot hand. We see the back of him, maybe with the hood on. 
and like and we see like a, a like baby Yoda looking up at Luke and maybe Mark Hamill could do the he could do the dialogue, you know, yeah. and, and he could say something. They could still have that dialogue, but you don't see Luke, but you you fucking know who it is. And and then then cut to credits like and yeah. I, I like they were just trying to do a pure Luke badass thing. Yeah. And like but it, to me and what I always say is like I have an imagination. So I I know Luke's a badass because I imagined all these cool things he did after Return of the Jedi and in Return of the Jedi he's doing badass shit. So like I didn't need to see a video game fight of like some dude doubled as Mark Hamill like doing that shit to know that he yeah. was doing that shit. You know what I mean? Like I just yeah, always knew he was out there doing that shit. And, and like, he, people he just, just can't yeah. like they couldn't get over the fact that he was an old man in the last Jedi and like he had this arc that they didn't expect. So they needed to see him like eviscerate a droid with his bare hands for some reason. Like, yeah. And, and so, yeah, you're, that's a good point. He did just essentially earn the dark saber, right? Use it. Uh, he doesn't use the dark saber and maybe that's the purpose. Um, but you know, there's also Grogu who apparently is extremely powerful in the force. Like, you know, maybe he throws in, right. You know, I know he's yeah, tired. Like he, he has like, that tantrum. He gets like one last tantrum and then like, yeah. we saw it with know, the, tantrum uh, the mud skipper horn or whatever, you know, with, you know, Mando's about to die and, and Grogu lifts him up. I mean, presumably Grogu, you know, if he is so powerful and he's been hiding it, you know, he could, you know, he maybe you don't need the entire platoon, but you know, maybe him and him Mando go at it and, and they save the day and then Luke shows up. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Um, but I, I, I would have appreciated that more as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, like whatever. What else did you think about the last episode? Do you have any other thoughts before we conclude the show? Um, yeah, you know, um, the the Bo-Katan angle, I, I think, will probably be the way things go. I thought, um, I thought that the destroyer droids looked like Lord Zed from Toy Story Two. Um, so I was not that. Another good reference. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, like I said, I think they should have either tried to make them force powerful. I mean. Wait, no, 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 no. Lord Zed is star is Power Rangers. Uh, Emperor Zerg is Emperor Zerg. I'm sorry, yeah. I had that wrong in my notes. Yeah, yeah. yeah Lord sorry. Zed kind of looks like uh, Lord Zed has oh, like the both, his really, muscles, yeah. no skin, and he's wearing like a, yeah. a metal he's thing. He's got the visor. He's got the visor um, and like the little like Mercedes emblem head or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, you know, I one thing I thought was interesting is you know at the beginning of this episode, then also in the Bill Burr episode, they sort of dug into the, you know, people died on the Death Star, that classic, what is it, Clerks episode, uh, or Clerks vlog, yeah, yeah. you know, they sort of, and then Bill Burr was, you know, we all have our limits, and, and you know, but then they come in here, and they absolutely just decimate the stormtroopers. I mean, they just, merciless, and one scene that really hit me is, you know, they're on the catwalk, and it's a great scene where the, you know, uh, Bo-Katan and her accomplice jump off the side, you know, and then they, uh, Cardoon and Fennec get trapped, right? And the stormtroopers are like, hands up. And to me, that's like, well, now like the stormtroopers are showing mercy and they do this pretty often and then they just get destroyed by the Mandos. I thought that was like, it was interesting, right? Like, and it, it, I don't know what the rules of engagement are in Star Wars, but apparently like if you give someone an opportunity to put their hands up, you're going to die. And that's okay. You know, that's just sort of how it works. I mean, the, um, if you, our heroes in this universe are guerrilla warriors, right? They're like... Yeah insurrective anti-government establishment people um so you know like the, the question you is what do they of, need to pick on of rules? Some of that, yeah from like the empire's cronies but like they're cronies right so it doesn't you know it, we're, we're not supposed to believe what they say because they're like yeah. they're villains right yeah i i've always been intrigued by the that's what i thought we we're gonna get more with finn was like the whole mm -hmm. you know we're like we're massacred by the hundreds by you guys and like the for faceless like henchmen but there are people underneath there you know they're yeah. just like and doing their fucking jobs getting like hundreds of them dying while like all the heroes make like witty quips as yeah. like they murder hundreds of people and it's like with, with no plan for how to govern yeah no plan with how to govern thereafter you know i mean the new republic they, they sort of get into it you know doesn't really seem to be doing a fantastic job they're they're sort of just there uh another thing i thought was great about the droids is that they they're, they're they don't have access to doors they just punch i like that you know it, it's sort of like if they would have had an astromech droid they could have probably opened doors and they would have been punching glass which uh i, I thought was good big charge up um, pattern there too they got to get like you got to put them on the charging pad for yeah. you got to be cool to a certain level and like a lot of little bells and whistles to work out there i feel like if the next round those get released 
Well, and there's a throwaway line that, you know, they, they, they solved the final problem and that they took the humans out. And I'm thinking, well, like, weren't the prequels, weren't, wasn't there an entire war fought with battle droids? So I don't know when they went back to, you know, back and forth. Um, yeah. 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 They were like, exactly. They were like, Oh no, we need to get rid of droids because we have clones. And then, Oh, we lost with the clones and they all like died because they aged so rapidly. So now we're going to have soldiers again. Oh yeah. no, no soldiers actually suck. We're going to go back to droids. Cause like 30 years ago or 18 years ago, there wasn't this whole war that we're all aware of. Cause we're all still like old enough to remember that. Yeah. I mean, we're being like the guys on YouTube right now that like, but it's a prerogative, you know, this is what we do. Yeah, but, but I mean, overall, I definitely enjoyed it. I like season one, I think a little bit better just cause there was, it's, it's such an open universe, you know, and you, you just, as you learn more, I guess, like you said, your imagination maybe is, is the best writer there is. Um, but I think they did a, a fantastic job. There was some great episodes in, in this season, you know, Timothy Oliphant was great. I liked teaming up with the, uh, the sand people. I thought that was a really cool angle that you really don't see or hadn't seen previously as far as I know. Uh, and, and, you know, regardless of how it ended, I'm excited to see what happens the next season, just because I think they did a good job with this one. So hopefully, you know, they, they know where they're going. Um, and, and I will definitely watch probably not timely, probably not early enough to avoid spoilers again, but so be it. Yeah. You, you need to, you need to get on that better. I mean, you have to figure something out. I feel like, uh, I don't know what that looks like for you, but you need to, if you're going to podcast about stuff, like you got to be <laughs> You got to watch the shit as it comes out. I mean, the next season, it's it's the story of King Arthur, right? The Black Saber is, or Dark Saber is, you know, the fucking Excalibur. And it's like, it's the classic story of the hero that doesn't want to be king, but ends up becoming king. And in fact, the very qualities that make him not want to be king, make him a good king. Harry Potter, Jon Snow, I mean... You name it, the the character we've seen in in, as in recent pop culture, and it's clearly setting up Mando to be that fucking guy. Like, I don't, I don't want it. I yield. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know what's interesting to me is that Mando. I, I'm interested in in sort of the uh, the line where Bo-Katan explains that he's an extremist. You know that you know that he everyone else takes off their helmet. It's not a big deal. Uh, to me, it's that that's a strange dichotomy, right? Where he is so he lives by this code that is so mandalorian but has really no interest in the mandalorian homeworld becoming you know raising back to power so uh it, it he's not a he's not a mandalorian by race he's a mandalorian by culture yeah, yeah. so like he doesn't i don't know if he's ever been to mandalore or like i think maybe it has been it has been already taken over mm -hmm. um by the time he like really you know gets raised and becomes part of the whatever, the foundling culture. But yes, this is the stuff that interests me, right? That This is what I thought the show was going to be about, was telling me this other lore and mythology about another pretty interesting culture in the Star Wars universe. And like all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah they like could've, I, they could have come back and, and taken Luke's place also, right? I mean, I think that would have, that would have yeah. been happier. It's still, a, you know, it's still a escape, you know, from peril. Uh, yeah, you think all is lost and then someone, some really powerful, like maybe all those, the ones that forged his armor, like the, all those guys. Yeah, show up and and yeah. we haven't seen them all season, and then we have the foundling versus like the whatever the Bogotan style of Mandalorian. They had this whole like yeah standoff about who's the accurate practitioner of all that. There's a lot of stuff they could have done. It's so clear it was just like a wank this off, nerds. Yeah, and it feels like you had said like they're maybe they're patching a hole. Um, I I almost would have liked to have seen Grogu grow up outside of the the force right or, or training they kept saying you know he's a danger to himself or you know he won't be safe until he learns to train and harness his powers like well, so, okay I'm, I'm okay with that i'd like to see a yoda type creature who is not righteous and a jedi and and what that what that looks like right yeah if he's just like a goes on adventures with mando and is kind of a bounty hunter he's yeah, like, like uses sort of, blaster, sort of like, understands his powers yeah, you know so like rocket raccoon like a little yeah. bit snarky, like, uh, but yeah. not a good, like kind of an anti-hero sort of. Yeah, I, I it would have yeah. been different, right? Instead, he's just like going for Yoda 2.0. That's what was great about the Mandalorian. You know, he's a bounty yeah. hunter who, you know, sort of lives by a creed and found this creature. And it's just completely different than, than most anything I'd have experienced in Star Wars. And now it seems like maybe it's not that different. Maybe it's not that different, Mitch. This is the way, though, we're told. So we have to, we have to enjoy right. eat, eat that Disney shit, you fucking <laughs> pig. Eat that slop. Um, Son of a mud scuffer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been another episode, a not so cheery episode of In the Fan 
part of the Barmerator Podcast Network. But sometimes when Star Wars fans get together, no one hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans. It's just uh, I mean, we can critique it like, you know, and all, all told, we love we love the show. I mean, I would recommend it to anyone. It's, it's well made and entertaining. Um, but obviously, I'm going to nitpick it just because I understand it to a unique degree. Um, any other parting thoughts, Mitch, before we depart, before we head to the Jedi Temple to get trained by D.H. Mark Hamill? I, I'm going to refuse to go to the Jedi Temple because uh, I know what happens there. It's the oh, same. Oh, good point. Yeah. <laughs> or or um, you just go beat the shit out of Kylo Ren like the first day you get there. You stuff him in a locker. And like you're like, and you're, well, then maybe that's what creates yeah. the evil because you bully him. I mean, oh, it's this Terminator shit right there. I don't know about that. This, um, this is the one area Star Wars hasn't touched on as far as I know is time travel, right? So maybe I'll, uh, I, I don't want to introduce that. Um, yeah. Well, with this all said, I'll leave you with this as we depart. <laughs> this has been another episode of In the Camp, part of the Barmerner Podcast Network. Mitch, I'll see you later. All right.